get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by the Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Michelle, Randy, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joey V is in New York, six days in New York for the blues. And a guy named Joey Vitale in New York just fits. How you doing, sir? Randy, good morning. Doing doing great. Colder, colder than a son of a gun up here. But man, it's been it's been fun. Fun four days in New York. Looking forward to the next two. All right, we got to hear the story that uh, from your perspective that Jr. told us about going to the Italian family style restaurant. Carmines. Carmines, yeah, and going to uh, and Joe Vitale taking care of the ordering. Yeah, listen. You know what? You know you guys been there, Michelle. Certainly, you've been there. Those big Italian. Mm-hmm, kind of, dinners where it's all family style, right? The worst thing, guys, the worst thing you can do is ask around the table, what does everyone want? I mean, that, that to me, that to me is like going on a road trip with your kids and asking like, what do you guys want for lunch? I mean, you're going to hear Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Burger King, no Lion King. I want Wendy's double, double junior bacon stack. And then it's just, it's just better off. Don't even ask. Don't even ask and just, and just pick a spot. And, and I took the, took the bull by the horns there at Carmine's, a wonderful establishment right outside Rockefeller Center there. Uh, if you haven't been there in New York, uh, please do check it out. I really wish St. Louis, for all the chefs and people in the food industry out there, if you're listening, please come up with a, with a concept like this. You basically you sit down. They give you this menu, and it's, it's got everything broken down from fish to chicken to, to meats and pastas. But it comes out in these large, large platters, like you're at your Nana's house or your your your, your, your Nona's house, or there in Italy and Sicily or wherever, right? So it's just it's like a, you're being invited to a home. They put everything in the middle of the table, and everyone just kind of you know moves it around and shares it, which is kind of a, a very, very, very cool concept. Um, so we, we get there and we kind of sit down. Everyone's kind of look at the menu and, and Jr. and everyone's kind of looking a little puzzled by certain things. And I just I tried to take the bull by the horns and I said, "The waiter, come here." I got it. Her name was Linda. She was terrific. I go, "This is this is what we're going to do. We're going to do an antipasti, a cold, a hot. We're going to get the calamari. We're going to get mm-hmm. six meatballs around the table. That's going to get us going. Give us a big pot of Caesar salad, and then we're going to do a steak. We got the steak porterhouse. We got the uh, veal piccata. We got chicken parmesan, and we got the pasta vodka. So it was just kind of like we just laid it all out there, and everyone kind of put their menus down, was kind of very satisfied. And, and I think a lot of people thought maybe that would be a rude thing to do. But I found, I don't know about you guys, love to hear your opinions about this. I think people are tired of making decisions. I think, I think, I think you know, at least me, I'm like my wife, you know, when we're talking about things and schedules and she's talking about that, I'm like, honey, just make the decision for me. I just don't want to think. I don't have to think. The most stressful menu out there in, in, in America or in the world is when you go sit down in the Cheesecake Factory. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. like an encyclopedia of food. I'm like, it's just too much. It's too much thinking. I'm overwhelmed. I don't even want to eat anymore. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm falling into like, this subtle depression by looking at this menu. That's why I love places like Louie. Michelle, I know you love Louie yep. over there on Demand. Love it. Uh, Matt McGuire does a great job. 
He's basically got like six or seven different entrees, you know, five or six different appetizers, and then it's maybe one special. It's like it's boom, it's quick, it's easy. You want to meet? Here you go. You want to fish? Here you go. And that's and that's just kind of how it rolls. But no, it was certainly a great dinner with Jr. and in the group, and it's something I I really missed not being on the road. But it's, it was a fun night. So Joe, you're the perfect person to order in that environment because you know food and you know Italian food especially. And I love that you took the bull by the horns, but. It would be hard for me to do that in that situation because I would want to make sure that I got certain orders in, right? But if you were on the other end of this this transaction and somebody that you played with or somebody that's on the Blues now, if you were going to trust another hockey guy to be the guy making the order for you, who would it be? Oh man, it's a it's a, it's a great great question. I you know I, I would I would like to say I would lean on Tanner Glass. Of course, he doesn't play for the Blues, but he was a big time foodie. You know, but believe it or not, uh, shockingly, who's becoming maybe the number one foodie on this team is going to be Robert Thomas. So I'll get to him in a second. So, but my my, my initial thought would be Robert Portuzo, just because we have so much history together. Uh, we both came in the league together, played the minors together, six years in Pittsburgh. We kind of have the same uh, ideas uh, of what what uh, a menu should look like, what a, what a table should look like. You know how to how to portion it out, how to space it out. So he's number one. But I was talking to Robert Thomas the other day, and, and he took a group of guys through Philadelphia. I think Brandon Saad was with them. I want to say that Colt Pareko was with them as well. And they were going to this Italian spot down in Philadelphia. And I was asking him, like, you know, who who picks the restaurants and how do you how do you do it? Do you, do you Yelp? Do you, what, what do you look at? And Robert Thomas does a lot of lot of research. Usually on a plane ride to the certain city, he comes up, he makes the reservations, and he takes a lot of pride in it. And it's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. I'm going to tell you why because I asked him the next day uh, before the game in Philadelphia. I said, how was it? And he was just in like the worst mood ever. And I said, what's going on? He goes, it was a, it was a miss, buddy. It was oh. a miss. I go, oh, I've been there before. And I'm like, well, who'd you go with? Because that, that, that says a lot. Like if he's with, you know, Colton Pareko, Colton's so nice. If he's with Logan Brown, you know, Logan's so new. It's okay. Shake it off. You know, Jordan Kyrie, I'll figure it out, son. You'll, you'll be all right. You got a lot more years in this league. But he was with the veteran Brandon Sod. I mean, that, that is the ultimate pressure point for a young guy when you're picking a restaurant, you don't care about the young guys. You don't care about the nice guys. It's those kind of like those tougher guys, like those older guys that've been around. Like I would never want to schedule a restaurant with a player like Vladimir Tarasenko, for example. He's been around too much. He's had too much good food, right? He makes way more money than me. He's been probably the nicest restaurants in all the world. And I'm not going to pick his restaurant because it's only, it's going to be a lose lose. But uh, for Robert Thomas, I think he'd be the guy, Michelle, because uh, he does his research. You gotta, you gotta do your research. It's not just about the Yelp. The Yelp, those are those those tourist traps that you got to be careful of. It's about talking to different teammates, talking to different former players in that city. For example, like yesterday in New York, I, I reached out to Keith Yandel. He used to play for the New York Rangers. Hey, where's your, where's your go-to sushi spot? And it's those undercover um, kind of like hole-in-the-wall places that really, really stand out. And, uh, you know, we found a great one here in Little Italy. Um, I believe it was DiPietro's there. In Little Italy, just a wonderful little spot. It's probably the size of my bathroom at home. But they had a little kitchen, a little espresso bar, two little tables. And the owner was right there just mixing up and filling up the limoncello. So that's the kind of stuff you love, and that's the kind of stuff I really appreciate. But it does take research, and I think Robert Thomas is the guy for the task. Um, we were just talking to David Perron about being in New York, and we asked him who who was kind of his point person, and he was saying that Braden Shen is actually like the concierge, that he's always getting groups together, and he's making reservations for everybody, and then David brought up a good point. He's kind of that way on the ice, too. It's almost like he's the concierge on the ice, always taking care of people. Very educated young man. That's that's something that like a lot of Blues fans just underappreciate about him, is how educated he is. I mean, listen, when as we approach this trade deadline, 
you know, Braden is probably the best player on the team to kind of, you know, pick someone's brain on like these different players. Hey, what do you think of Lim Holm? Do you think that yeah, your former, you know, former teammate Claude Drew is going to find a spot? Where do you think he's going to find it at? Uh, you know, Braden knows, he knows cap situations. He knows players, agents, you know, he knows, he knows different situations. He knows how, how players would fit. He's a very, very big student of the game. You know, a lot of players, you know, like for, for myself, for example, I would just show up, I would do my job, I would play my game, and I would go home. I, you kind of didn't listen to a lot of the noise around you because so much of it was, although positive, a lot of it was distracted and negative. So you're kind of just trying to keep your, your head in the right lane. And, and for the most time, uh, for the most part, players are like that. They kind of just like bury their head, do their job, do it to the best of their ability, and they go home. But, but Braden is a, he's very observant. He's very curious. He's got a very you know, kid-like, curious spirit about him where he does uh, want to know a lot about what's going on. And so it does not surprise me that he, he is also that type of player when it comes to being the concierge and helping players around. It's, it's, it's a good job when it's a hit, but when it's a miss, poof, it's, uh, it's a very, very, very tough job because then you will hear um, the ridiculing and you will hear the criticism uh, for, for months, guys. I'm telling you, months. Like, you'll, you'll go back to New York next year and like, hey, remember that time you picked that terrible role? Oh, my God, it was terrible. Oh, it wasn't that bad. No, it was terrible. Like, and so people uh, and players, certainly, they don't, they don't forget a bad meal. They'll, they'll, they'll forget a good meal within the next day. But if it's a bad meal, they'll, they'll make you feel the pain and the wrath of it for a couple of years down the road. Joey, I need a review on this particular menu item on this uh, Lenten Friday in St. Louis. It's called the King Cod. Cod toasted on garlic cheese bread topped with mac and cheese and old Vienna Red Hot Ripplets. Thumbs up or thumbs down on this thought? Holy smokes. You just said about 13 words in there I don't understand, so I'm kind of excited about it. I don't even know what it is. Uh, uh, I'm imagining cod, the fish, and then yep. mac and cheese on top, and, what, and then the rib riblets? What, the, what's the, that? The, the Red Hot Chips. The, the Red Hot Chips. And, and this is a joyous production that they have for lunch today. And so I'm, I'm going to try it. It's mm. King Cod on you know their garlic cheese bread, which is fantastic, and it's topped with mac and cheese and the, and the red hot riplets. Buddy, you, you had me at Joya's. If you would have said Joya's in the first round there, Randy, I would have said it's an absolute go. But um, anything from Joya's is to me is to me a go to thing. Uh, cod with some mac and cheese and those riblet chips. Uh, it sounds like a heck of a combination. We used to go to. Uh, joy is I, I would play football at CBC. This is before the hockey season started, and I'd be out there. We talked about Bob Shannon a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we would leave school at three o'clock. We go over to Joya's because this is the time at the old CBC at Clayton where we had to actually practice at Forest Park. There was no there was no practice field. Yeah. All we had was our game field. They, they, they didn't want to bust it up, so we would all be packing our equipment in the cars. Like, as soon as school was out, we racing over to Forest Park, and if we ever got a good leg up or a good head start on the day. Uh, on the practice day, we would head over to Joya's and grab a little sandwich, or maybe if it was a half day and the teachers had meetings until 3, we got it out at 12. We'd take our time, a good carpool of guys would go over to Joya's, and we would bury like a 12-inch hot salami, and boy, we would feel it on those hot days <laughs> at Forest Park, especially the practices that Bob Shannon, Bob Shannon kind of ran there. But no, certainly some amazing memories. I know they got a great location over there off Olive now, which is probably a lot closer to you guys. I imagine that's the one you're going to go to. It is, yeah. Right around yeah, the corner. The, the original one on the hill is uh, right across there from John and Tony's. It's it's tough to beat, right, by Barra Park. Just some wonderful memories there. And it's a wonderful family that runs it. So, yeah, highly, highly recommend that. I, I, I do want a full report next week when we talk about how, how it was. Oh, you'll, you'll get a full report. Trust me. By the way, I want to point this out. Old days, CBC, when I used to do games on TV, we did them from a classroom. The old CBC football yeah. field didn't have a press box, so they would put us up in a classroom at the back of the school, to, and we would look out a window and do the games from there. 
Man, you just, you just think it, it just kind of like it just you just made it work. You know what I mean? I, I love that school. I missed it. There was carpets. There was carpets going up the wall. I mean, that <laughs> yeah, just yeah. had this amazing amount of just just vast character. I mean, they had a four story stairwell for all the CBC guys out there listening. Do you remember? It was like climbing Mount Everest. I mean, it was, there was no OSHA code within the risers of these staircases, and every now and then a kid would, would lose it and bail, and the books would go everywhere, and then everyone would start cheering, ah! and then the Ray Bar, the dean, would come over and be like, shut up, stop screaming! You know, but it just had, a, it had just this amazing feel to it. Liz, the former secretary, she was like everyone's mom, and she had to be because Ray Barr, dean, was so, so mean. He was so tough. Where, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I got sent to the Ray Barr's office I have to go through Liz and she'd be like, what happened, sweetheart? I would tell her and she'd be like, just get out of here. Let me give me that. And she would forge his signature and then she would send me back to class. I mean, she was just, she was that type of person, but there were so many nooks and crannies. There was a, uh, my dad went there. He graduated in 70. They had a uh, rifle range right by the track. You probably remember it, Randy. Like there was yeah. a side door. It's now used for storage, but that's where they used to shoot rifles. There used to be a military school. I mean, uh, pretty pretty amazing to think of all the, the great stories of, of people and, and soldiers and, and lieutenants that have come through that school. My dad had a he had a hitch a ride every single day coming home from school. And I asked him once, like, was that hard? Like, was it difficult? Was it dangerous? And and he said, no. It's actually uh, when you had your when you had your soldier suit on or your, your military outfit on with your shiny shoes, he said people, people wanted to pick you up all the time. He said, he said especially older women. Like older women, I guess they were looking for something else those, those times. They didn't realize they were only in high school. But he said a lot of women, believe it or not, picked us up. So it was a good time. Hey, Joey, uh, let's talk a little bit of hockey here. After the loss to the Rangers, I, I look at these two games coming up and say the Blues got to win these two games against the Islanders and the Devils. I, I, that's a fan's point of view. But what do you think? You know what? It's it's an interesting one because this is a interesting time of the year where so much is being showcased and, and there's so much dysfunction in teams like the Islanders and the Devils. Because yes, on paper, especially after a, a tough New York Rangers loss a couple nights ago, you would think that yes, you got to go out there and take care of business and try to scratch a claw for at least three points, ideally four points against two teams in the Eastern Conference that are towards the bottom of the standings that are struggling. But this New York Islanders team, for for one example, it, uh, it's, it's puzzling. You know, with Lou Amarillo, they have some pieces. They have the Sezikises and the Clutterbucks and the Martins. And they got all these, like, top, top, like, tough players that have played this great structure under Lou Amarillo. And you would think that they should be way better. Scotty Maple, another player from St. Louis, they should be way better than what, what they're showing. So that's a team that does kind of scare you just a little bit. Um, and, but the New, York, New, New Jersey Devils, just like the New York Islanders, are going to be in transition. And when I say it's an interesting time to play these teams, it's because we all know that we're less than three weeks away from the trade deadline. A lot of players, uh, Zaka is being being shopped around for New Jersey quite mm. a bit. You know, Scotty Mayfield, another one. Um, there's a lot of players on the New York Islanders team. I mentioned Cal Clutterbuck, fourth liner, UFA. Is he your favorite player in the league? I think I think to me, he's a player that I would love to have on my team. I think that especially with this Blues team, they're trying to they're trying to put an identity on this fourth line, and it's important. Like you talk to some coaches, you talk to some players, and you remember how they won it in 2019. There was an identity on that fourth line. Now, it wasn't like a Ryan Reeves fight everyone and, and run over everyone like you see in Trenton and Luke Cunningham in Nashville. You don't have to fight. It's just about having like a kind of a smash mouth identity of just playing, playing hard and being hard to play against. And I think that a player like Cal Clutterbuck could really elevate any team that he's going to go out to. So uh, he, he can get under the skin of your opponent. He can hit you. Uh, he doesn't need to be on the score sheet to be noticed. I mean, those are the type of things you look for in the fourth liner. I mean, you take a, you take a step back from this Blues lineup, as great as it has been, I think if there's, there is one area, kind of a, a sneaky area, that I do need, think they need to find a way to figure out, not saying they need to add players, 
but they need to figure out this fourth line. You know, you got Tyler Bozak sometimes subbing in the fourth line. You got Dakota Joshua sometimes in the middle. Uh, Clem Costin's in and out. There are players that um, that are in and out, and it's, this is not just a, a sub line. This is not just a go out, eat, eat ice up. The fourth lines are really important. We, we've seen it from every every cup run over the last 10 to 15 years. You need to have a fourth line with identity. Right now, I don't know if they have that. I think they have the pieces to put some chemistry together, but um, is it something they need to go out there and grab one more player like a Cal Clutterbuck? We'll have to find out, but I think it's definitely something that I, um, I really do admire the way he plays and just a pain, just a thorn every single night. Like I said, you don't need to be on the score sheet to notice him. He's always being noticed by something he's doing, something he's saying, um, a play in the game that just grabs attention and makes everyone fired up. And that's what you look for in a player like him. Joseph, you're always great. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy your day in New York. Enjoy the two games tomorrow. We'll be tuned in. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Michelle. You guys have a great weekend. I want a full report on that sandwich next week. You got it. You will. I'll, I'll send you a text right after I eat it, okay? <laughs> Please do. Please okay. do. See you guys. Bye-bye. Joey V on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Winter season is here, and Discount Tire wants you to stay safe on the road. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Let's get you taken care of. 